Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 10, week 10, number 10, 10. Big show this week, lots going on, lots of ground to cover. We've got all the latest Mosh news, we've got Mosh reviews, and we sit down for a chat with Chad of For the Fallen Dreams and Legend Fame. Kicking off with the Mosh news, bit of a quiet week this week, not a lot going on. One of the big things announced is the Dead of Winter Festival is happening again in Brisbane, and the first batch of bands has been announced. And what a fucking lineup this is looking like it's going to turn out to be. Headlining it will be Frenzel Rom. There will also be Polaris, Ocean Grove, Clowns, Black Rhino, Zeolite, Sensei. There is a lot of bands going on here and a lot of different styles really catering to everyone's heavy needs. It's great to see a little festival like this popping up. It will be taking place on Saturday, July 7th. It's going to be spread out across a few venues from the Tivoli to Jubilee Hotel. Tickets are on sale now and they are going to go quick. So if you want a ticket, get in there now. It is one of the best lineups of local talent that you'll see. There is one American band on it, but it is local talent mainly. Tickets can be found on the website www.deadofwinterfestival.com We've also got all the information, all the details and a link to get those tickets on our website. Other news this week was that the Faceless imploded and now the only member left is the founding member Michael Keane. Over the week, the drummer, guitarist and vocalist all on the same day left, all stating several reasons And in many ways, they've said that it's been very rough dealing with being in the band. There has been much publicised and rumoured difficulties that Michael Keane brings to the table. Something is going on here behind the scenes. We're looking at 20-odd members now have been in this band. Michael has stayed there the whole time. People are coming and going like a revolving door. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Faceless from here on out. Michael did announce through Twitter that he was starting to look for new members again and then interestingly enough that then was removed. So we're not really sure what's going on, we will keep you updated. If you'd like to read up on everything we know so far including the statements that have been released, jump on our website or jump on our socials and you can read about it all there. Also this week, we had the announcement of Melbourne Boys' Bury the King's new EP will be called V or 5. And they also gave us a taste of new music from the EP. It's sounding tech-deathy, it is sounding phenomenal, and it's sounding very large. Really excited to get my hands on this EP when it is released and we will be reviewing it. We also had this week a new music video from Under Oath, another single off their upcoming album, and that single is called Rapture. We also had the new Seven Dust song Dirty released. To be honest, not much about it really stood out for me. It just sounds like Seven Dust. I was really hoping for something next level from these guys, but they are 12 albums deep into their career so I guess they are just kind of sitting comfortably where they know they exist. 
we also got news this week that Lamb of God will be returning to their original incarnation called Burn the Priest. There was speculation and a lot of social media teasing about Burn the Priest and we didn't really know what was going on. And then finally this week, Randy has come out on his radio show and announced that the band will be going back into the Burn the Priest days and honouring some of the band's influences with a covers album called Legion XX. The album was produced by Josh Wilbur, who's done Lamb of God, of course, Gojira, and so many others. The covers album will be released on May 18th, and they're going to be covering everyone from Cro-Mags to Ministry to Bad Brains to the Melvins. And Burn the Priest also dropped the first track off that, which was Inherit the Earth by The Accused originally, And this is sounding crusty. This is sounding heavy. This is sounding like what we know Lamb of God used to be. So vicious, so dirty, so crusty as fuck. Really excited for this covers album. It is just a covers album, but it is new Lamb of God, even if it is under their old incarnation name of Burn the Priest. Really excited for that. That will all be coming soon. We also got this week the third single from Caliban's upcoming album, Elements. The song is called Ich, Ich, Blut, Fair, Dich, which from translations I understand means I'm bleeding for you. The song is Caliban. It is fucking heavy. It's also got some guest vocalists on it. It's got the singer from Nasty and it's got the singer from Eskimo Callboy. And it sounds vicious. Really excited that this is the third single they've dropped. This album will be coming out in a couple of weeks. I've got my pre-order coming through Century Media Records. I can't wait to get this album reviewed. Very much an underrated band, I feel, not only in Australia, but in the whole landscape of things. This band are phenomenal in my book. Really can't wait to get hold of that album, Elements. And also this week... The supergroup of sorts, Bad Wolves, which of course has Tommy Vexed of Divine Heresy and Snot. It also has Doc Coyle of God Forbid. It also has ex-members of In This Moment, Bury Your Dead and Devil Driver in it have announced their debut album, Disobey. Bad Wolves made a bit of a name for themselves recently with a worldwide number one hit for their cover of Cranberry's renowned song, Zombie. They also, to coincide with this album news, they released a new single called Better the Devil. To be honest, two things about all this news was a bit disappointing. I'm a big fan of artwork, and the Disobey artwork is very uh, boring, to be honest. I think it's a simple way of putting it. It's very simply photoshopped. It's just a picture of a SWAT-looking cop and just says bad wolves and disobey very disappointed i really hoped for something a bit more a bit more imagination in there the other negative i got to say is the song better the devil just comes across very bland sounds like a very radio friendly genty five finger death punch which is basically what i think this band is going to be uh, there could be a lot of potential on this album but if if this is the kind of song we can expect then i unfortunately I'm worried this release will be disappointing. There is so much talent in this band. Tommy Vexed is a phenomenal singer. His voice does shine throughout the song, but the rest of the song just really feels flat, 
feels very uninspired. That album will be getting its release in May. May is turning out to be a massive, massive fucking month for releases. We can't wait to get our hands on Disobey and have a squiz. That's pretty much the news for this week. Over the weekend, of course, we also had Download Festival kicking off its first ever Australian showing, and that was in Melbourne. Get in touch with us if you attended Download. Would love to hear some stories. Would love to know how it all went. Unfortunately, I couldn't get down there. Hopefully, we do get another download, and I'll be able to make the trek next time. If you want to keep up to date with all the news and ins and outs of the industry, don't forget to follow and like our social medias, which are all at The Mosh Zone. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget to constantly keep an eye out on our website, www.themoshzone.com, and we will always keep you updated when we get updated. It's time now for Mosh Reviews. Kicking things off, we've got the brand new album by Rivers of Nile called Where Owls Know My Name, out now on Metal Blade Records. These guys have had a couple of albums already under their belt. They released one in 2013, one in 2015, and both of those were very much concept albums. Rivers of Nile are death metal, but don't let that genre association scare you away if you're not into the death metal styles. This band are constantly looking to push the boundaries. They are constantly looking to set themselves away from everyone else in the genre. They've been grinding away, like I said, with two previous albums, and now's the time to really see what they are made of. And on this album, Where Owls Know My Name, it is fucking phenomenal. This album blew me away and came out of nowhere. To be honest, I went into this not really expecting much, and I've come away being a brand new fan of this band. I cannot get enough of this. One of the interesting things in the modern landscape of music is it's always tough to really be original and it's always tough to have that tag of uniqueness in such an extreme style of music that is death metal. So many genres nowadays get cross-pollinated and switch from one to the other But having a unique spin on your sound and being able to incorporate everything that you love makes it not only amazing, but makes it enthralling and a breath of fresh air. If I was to say that these guys were progressive death metal, I don't think that's being fair. But it is a very honest way of labeling them. And we do know nowadays everyone loves to label things. The first thing that came to my mind with this band was a band who are also in that progressive style of death metal, Fallujah. And when I say it's in that similar vein, it's it's in the way that this band seemed to just push things. As soon as you think you know what you've got, they take a massive U-turn and change everything on you. The musicianship on this album is as tight as fuck, and it's one of the tightest sounding albums that you'll hear in extreme metal Not only this year, but probably any year coming up. Every band member is on top of the game. The guitars are layered perfectly. 
chunky riffs that are alternating and occasionally layering beneath these melodic tones. Rhythm section pounds along in your face. Bass guitar fleshes out the sound and makes it sound huge. And it's not just sitting there in the background, it's right in the forefront. The drums, blistering double bass and blast beats alongside these jazzy, instrumental-feeling moments. And while all of this band is just going full tilt, there is a vocalist who is able to perfectly be death metal, but not exactly what you expect. He's intense, he's rough, he's gnarly, and it's guttural. An interesting thing about this band is guitar solos are featured and when the guitar solos are played, it actually feels like it works. It actually is shredding. It's not thrown in just to fill in a 30 seconds to a minute time frame. It's thrown in there to add flavor to the song. This band, like I said, they go full ball death metal, but then they also slow things down. There is a melodic prog rock inspired moments in there, there's saxophone, there's jazzy drums as I've said and all of this sound is built foundation onto foundation for something that is explosive with big riffage and big brutality. This album, like I said, really blew me away because being death metal I wasn't expecting much but this band have absolutely smashed it out. This album is so good that I think it's an early contender for album of the year. It's really up there. This album will get all the plaudits it deserves and needs. If I have to pick a negative at all, in any way nitpicking, would be the production. Sometimes the production feels a bit artificial, not realistic, and in a way it's things like the kick drum sounding a bit plastic not quite hard as fuck but when I'm saying that that's an issue it's really the only issue I can find the album Where Owls Know My Name is front to back top to bottom an absolutely astounding progressive death metal band it is helping this band become not only a big name, but it's going to make them stand atop of the rest, without a doubt, deservingly so. This is for fans of death metal. This is for fans of progressive. This is for fans of Fallujah. This is for fans of Gojira. This is for fans of technicality, brutality, and going on a fucking journey. This album will be a landmark album in this year, a new benchmark for everyone else to maintain. To be honest, I don't think this is a required taste. I think this is, if you like heavy shit, you should really give this a go. And it will grow on you. If you're not into death metal, it will grow on you. If you like death metal, you should already be onto this fucking album. This is equally headbanging heavy and enthralling. This is music to get the mosh pit going or sit there and just go, oh my fucking lord, I am in awe. There is nothing else quite like it going on at the moment. I'm absolutely floored by it. The album I am talking about is Where Owls Know My Name by Rivers of Nile, out now on Metal Blade Records, and we give it a 9 out of 10. 
Next album up for review is the new album by Judas Priest called Firepower. Out now on Epic Records. What can you say about Judas Priest? They're a band that, even if you're not a fan, you know who the fuck they are. They are one of a few pioneers of heavy metal genre. They are one of the reasons that we now have heavy music where it is today. Judas Priest sit alongside bands like Black Sabbath and Motorhead as pioneers. Firepower is their 18th full-length album. Judas Priest have always been a band for me that, while I respect and love what they've done for heavy music, it's never quite been my cup of tea. When everyone around me was listening to Judas Priest, I was listening to Pantera. So like I said, this is their 18th album, and this album comes straight out with the title track and then the other song, Lightning Strike, that are absolutely amazing ways to kick off an album. It shows that despite the age of these guys, they are still firing on all cylinders. There is big riff heavy metal anthems with face smashing guitars and heavily processed vocals. There is big massive 80s vibes that are ready for a stadium all over this album. This album is ready for all the thousands and millions of long-haired metalheads in their battle jackets ready to pump the air, sing along to these choruses at a big festival or at a big event. Judas Priest stick to the very simple recipe of intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, solo, chorus. Did you get that? Do you want me to say it again? They stick to intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, solo, chorus. It's effective, but it becomes repetitive. Every song has the same set out. Every song is the same. The way it's mapped out is similar. Blueprint's there, and they run with that blueprint. But even though this is the blueprint, it is very well written and very, very well executed. Firepower for Judas Priest is an album so late in their career that they definitely needed to produce. They have had a couple of albums lately in their career that have been very disappointing and also wasteful in many ways. It feels like Firepower is their way to regain a bit of their status and regain their throne. A lot of the songs on this are very short and to the point with three to five minutes long. There's thick, big riffs, flashy solos, very solid rhythm sections, a big backbone for those anthemic, powerful vocals to go on top. The reason I think this album stands out so well from a lot of their recent albums is, in one sense, it's the production. Andy Sneap has absolutely smashed out of the park this production. This production is so loud, so crisp, so perfect, beautiful production on this album. The other thing that makes this album so good compared to their recent ones is Rob Halford's vocals. He's doing a bit of everything here. He's got his mid-ranges going on. He's got the soaring vocals going on. He's also got that roar of anger and passion, and he's really putting everything into every lyric, every line, and he makes a lot of other vocalists of this genre and of this game pale in comparison. 
And to think that Rob is 67, fucking hell. The dude still has a set of fucking pipes on him. If I had to give this any negatives, it would be the fact that 14 songs feels too much of the same thing. Judas Priest do not break from what they do. So after 14 songs of, in my opinion, very much the same sounding songs, it wears a bit thin. The first two tracks really come out and make you pay attention, but when you're sitting at track 9 and 10 and they're sounding very similar, you start to get a little bit bored. Hardcore fans won't find that. Casual fans like me found it very samey. The other thing about that is that it's very simple. There's not a lot of ambitions here. But in saying that, they are a band that are so far into their career that I don't think they're even going to think about being ambitious. They know what they do. They stick to the same thing. And it hasn't failed them now, so why fucking change the pattern? Firepower is a massive release for Judas Priest, not only in getting back to what they do, back in form, but in the current climate of music, it has been well received. After its first week of sales, it sat in the top five of the American charts and the top five of the English charts. So it seems like Judas Priest are still relevant today, which is great for a band of its legacy. This is for fans of the old school guard, This is for fans of Judas Priest, of course. This is for fans of the big power metal, the big riffs, the big sing-alongs, the stadium sound, the stadium level intensity. There is no reinventing the wheel here, but in fact, who needs to reinvent it when you fucking invented it? I give a lot of props for Judas Priest for getting back on form. For me, it felt a bit overstaying its welcome and it felt a bit too samey. The album I am talking about, of course, is Firepower by Judas Priest, out now on Epic Records. I give it a 7 out of 10. Our last and final review this week is the new album by The Sword called Used Future, out now on Carolina Records Australia. The Sword are very much a riff band. They have always been about the guitar riffage. It's been three years since their last album called High Country, and this is their sixth album. Their last album, which I mentioned, High Country, really divided their hardcore fans. They had departed from their fast-tempo, rock, bluesy, southern, riffage, driving sound from their previous albums and had gone into a very easygoing, jam-centric vibe. This new album, Use Future, very much sticks to that easygoing, laid-back feel. It does offer moody moments and some instrumental grooves, but it, it still feels very relaxed in tempo and very relaxed in feeling. The sort have done a very good thing here. While maintaining a very relaxed atmosphere, as in they're just picking up the instruments and just letting happen what happens, they are still able to make the songs seem to weave together and have created a sonic journey that does feel very theatrical and very cohesive. They've departed from the very traditional song structures of previous albums and what a lot of bands do and forgone for a very jam room feeling of songs like Twilight Sunrise where it literally just feels like the whole band have just picked up their instruments and what's happened 
has happened. There is a very slower feel, a more focused and reflective feel on songs like Book of Thoth and Brown Mountain. This album is definitely a step forward in the evolution of The Sword. They're taking a lot of cues from early classic rock and embracing a storytelling feel through their instrumentation, but personally I think they're distancing themselves too much from the stoner riff metal that they have become so famous for and do so well. You have to give them props for doing what they're doing, but I don't feel like it has landed very successfully. It feels like they could have done so much more because we know what this band is capable of. The album used future feels like transition. It feels like they're just transitioning into the next phase. This next album that comes after this will show us who really the sword are now. This just feels like it's filling in time until we get to that point. If you've never heard of The Sword before, then this album will make you possibly into a fan. If you have heard The Sword before, then maybe you're going to be a bit disappointed. This maybe isn't what you want. They have executed a very free vibe, a very uncoordinated at times vibe. They are very talented musicians. That has never been a question. But... I think this is disappointing because they need to go back to what they do. It feels flat and it feels unnecessary. This feels like an album that wasn't needed. Unfortunately for me, Used Future by The Sword has sat very average in my scale. I give this a 4 out of 10. So that's it for all the Mosh reviews this week. Let us know what you think. Do you agree with our reviews? Do you disagree with our reviews? Is there something that's come out that we've missed that we haven't reviewed yet? Let us know. Are you in a band and you have something coming out that you want reviewed? Send us an email. Send us a message. Get in touch. Of course, if you do want to get in touch, you can do it through our email, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our website, www.themoshzone.com, or you can get in touch through our social medias, which is all at themoshzone. Get in touch. Let's grow this Mosh Zone community, and let's really push forward our scene. Now it's time for my chat with Chad of For the Fallen Dreams and Legend. And what a fucking legend the man was. Thank you so much, Chad, for taking time out for the Mosh Zone. It's a really good chat. Another amazing opportunity to speak to another favorite artist of mine. Absolutely stoked to be able to get Chad on the show. That chat is coming up now. So what brought you as a youngin to the heavy style of music like what was the band or the bands that made you dig heavy style of music uh you know man it was i was a younger kid you know i was it was you know mid 90s and i was starting to get into bands like uh you know deftones and uh corn and and all that good stuff early slipknot and mudvayne and all that good stuff that was kind of where i started out from just being a Young kid, just learning how to play bass. I was playing a, a cover band. We were doing, you know, MXPX covers and Rancid covers. And then we would do, you know, the same stuff. So, um, 
I started listening to stuff like that, and that was what kind of like got me going. And then I discovered bands like uh, Poison Well and uh, Seven Angels, Seven Plagues. Um, and that's what kind of got me going into like the whole metalcore thing. You know, I, I primarily listened to this kind of the Ozfest metal stuff before that, you know, but bands like Poison the Well kind of helped uh, pave the road for me as a vocalist and got me out doing what I do now, you know. So what age were you when you started playing bass? Oh boy, 12, 12 years old. <laughs> why Why did you... I didn't think about it, but yeah, 12 years old. Why did you start playing bass? Of, of the all the instruments you had to pick from, why bass? Uh, my grandfather was a musician, so he played bass and he played guitar. Um, so I would always go over there, you know, on the weekends and he'd have his whole rig set up and we would, you know, just sit around and listen to him play harmonica and jam on the bass guitar and the guitar and listen to some of his original songs. He'd play, you know, old Merle Hagger stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just, I kind of picked it up doing that kind of stuff, man. He, um, he kind of got me in the music direction. So it was kind of real early on that I was interested in doing all that stuff. So bass was the... The, the go it was it was the one i started with so now you of course you started in for the fallen dreams as a bass player then, I did. then you switched over to vocals what made you want to be a vocalist you were saying there was inspiration um, in there but what made you pick up the, the mic at the time i was i was just doing like backup vocals for the band and uh you know we had a few uh vocalists that were in before me um, two guys, but you know, that was early 2003, 2004. So, um, I originally was just playing bass, you know, I did backup vocals and we were getting ready or to kind of go a new direction. And the guys were like, well, Hey man, you should just, you should just do vocals for the band. And I didn't want to do it. I had no desire <laughs> to be the, the vocalist of a band at the time. I just didn't really care. I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You know, I had a bunch of, uh, bass equipment and nice, nice, uh, Warwick, uh, Corvette four string and you know i was i was really into what i was doing at the time but uh it was kind of one of those things just shit or get off the pot like hey we gotta find a vocalist and you can do it so uh why don't you just do it <laughs> so that's kind of <laughs> how it happened man it wasn't never really wanted to to be in the limelight you know i wanted to be the front man um now you know i i love the whole aspect of it being able to just kind of go up there and goof off and kind of have way less responsibilities than the rest of the guys is definitely nice at times now, did you, you just started screaming, basically, so was there any training, like, did you look into it, or is it kind of a learn-as-you-go thing for you? Yeah, back then, man, there was no Melissa Crosses or anything like that, you just kind of listen to your favorite band, and, you know, the, the age-old thing of kids sitting up in their rooms, screaming along to their favorite band's records, and doing that to Flipknot Records, and Deftones, and just destroying my voice. You know, that was a, a daily thing. And, uh, you know, just kind of live and learn kind of thing. I mean, even for the Fallen Dreams, when we recorded the first record, um, Changes, it was, I was so um, just not into who I was as a vocalist yet. You know, I was, I was really stretching to kind of find my sound still and kind of figuring out what I was able to do and not to do. And I would blow my vocals out all the time. I was so, you know, new at it still that I would just make a mess of it. And um, going into changes, uh, I really didn't even know what exactly I was was going to come out. I really didn't know how my vocals were going to take to a long recording process. You know what I mean? Um, it wasn't like a, 
yeah, I got this because we would go out on the tour. We would go on tours, and you know, I, I would blow my vocals out in three, four days sometimes. So to go in for three, three, four weeks with Joey was a whole new thing. You know, I kind of had to learn how to condition myself throughout that whole time and learn what I could could push that day or couldn't. You know, so it was really a learning experience for me uh, to be in with him and just kind of have to learn to save my voice for the whole record the extent of it you know so and that that let and album, learn man let and learn that album did it did it really shock you because as you were saying you were very uncertain and not sure on your delivery and skills per se did it really shock you how well that album was taken to because out of nowhere you guys were becoming a name off that album yeah yeah it was, it was crazy it was it was really crazy because um it was it was it was our first full length, you know. It was we were all real real green, you know. We were all just kind of trying whatever worked, and it just so happened that what we were kind of molding in the early stages of the band, we were able to be like, okay, well, this is where we want to go. Let's see if if we can make it happen. Let's see if we're you know everybody starts out sounding terrible, but changes turned out to be you know what what now is from what I, <laughs> from what I can see in here over the past ten years has been a really influential record. For a lot of people, you know, I have no shame saying that. A lot of bands that are, you know, massive now. You know, we've had the dudes from Motionless and Day to Remember give props to us for starting this early sound so long ago, you know. So it's it's crazy. It's definitely, definitely crazy. Now that sound that you said that's obviously been an influence, um, you know, not only with other bands but with fans, especially like myself, was, was that sound sure. something you guys... Um, kind of naturally came to or is it something that you aimed for because it was very different at the time there was no other bands doing it for sure i think i think there was a lot of bands that we obviously took influence from you know like i said we really into seven angels uh seven plagues at the time misery signals and um we all loved barrier dead and stuff like that too so um it was just kind of our little mesh of what we thought was really cool in those bands that we uh, kind of looked up to in a sense, you know, they were like more crafted than we were at what we were doing at the time. So it was, it was cool to take influence from those types of bands and do that. Um, there was a band called Embrace the End that was on Century Media Records and they were killer and they were a big influence. And I know they haven't been talked about in a long time, but they were, they were awesome. And uh, they were definitely a big influence as well. So we just kind of took our own thing, man. We, we, we started out for the fallen dreams used to be a, a, a christian band the christian straight edge band before i joined oh wow so jim and andrew yeah weird right like 2002 like jim and andrew both were very christian at the time <laughs> and they were uh, for the phone dreams uh, like a christian straight edge band Fuck. i mean it was only for like a year but <laughs> either way you know so where we started out and where we ended up at the time is is uh it's kind of our own influence from everybody you know our what we were trying to accomplish uh just as young artists so it was uh definitely um something we came into by influence so and then suddenly well it felt suddenly to the fan base in 2008 you suddenly you suddenly left and went off and started legend um can you talk about the reasoning yeah. at the time that you left or is it a bit too personal um no no it, it, it was just you know i was still young um, and I, I just wasn't sure at the time if, if being gone, you know, 
10, 11 months out of the year was something I wanted to continue to do. It was, uh, I think it was hard for anybody, anybody, you know, going off to college or starting a new job. It was just uh, taking a step back and being like, okay, what am I really trying to accomplish here? And what am I trying to do? So at the time it didn't, didn't fit in with where I wanted to be on a personal level. I mean, you don't know shit when you're in your early twenties anyway. So it was just kind of all the, well, this is what I feel at the time and this is what I'm going to do. So I, I took some, some time away and was like, all right, touring full time is just not what I want to do. Um, I would, I haven't been doing music for maybe six, seven months and I started on the, um, a band with a few buddies in Detroit and we, uh, started doing the legend thing. And it was, you know, at the time, same thing. It was, it was like, okay, like maybe I was a little too rash with the decision that music wasn't the way I want to go because at, you know, at that time it was, where I still, where my heart was still was at. So touring and, you know, that was something I necessarily didn't want to jump right into again. Making music was, it was a, still a huge thing for me. So that's originally why Legend even started. We weren't going to tour. We were just going to, you know, record some records and kind of take things slower. Well, that changed, you know, pretty quick. So we started touring and that was, uh, that's how we started out with uh, Legend. And Legend seemed to, the momentum seemed to just kick straight off, like you said. Uh, did you did you feel like you had a lot of backing coming over from For the Fallen Dreams? Did suddenly everyone go, "Oh, this is Chad from For the Fallen"? Yeah, without a doubt, man. I, I think um, that was a big a big thing right away because not everybody, you know. I, I think I feel like that happens with a lot of bands. You know, if a vocalist leaves or somebody that's, you know, um, a big part of a band and they leave. Um, fans kind of, you know, gravitate towards one or the other. Either they, they still care or they don't. And I felt like when I left, it was kind of, when I started up Legend, it was kind of where I left off with FTFT. Everybody, you know, that was super into changes and what I did on that record and pretty much welcomed Legend with, with where, right where I left off. So it was cool. It was cool to have a lot of the fans stick around and still stick around. You know, I had people hit me up still and was like, man, I've been listening since day one to both records and it's 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 uh it's cool it was definitely a big uh jump when i started legend to have that fan base follow me so it was cool and legend seemed to be um especially in australia it seemed like um not it felt pretty cool to be into legend because not a lot of people seemed to know about it it seemed a bit more underground so a lot of people were still following for the fallen dreams but if you were really a fan of for the fallen dreams you would know of legend so getting this, getting the music, yeah, yeah, getting the music here at the time. This was before all the streaming and stuff. It was it was hard to get, but if you got it, it, then everyone started spreading it around. So you had a you had a rabid fan base here off um, those first two albums cool. at least. And for then, sure, yeah, we we Australia always uh, we always got a lot of love over there, man. It was, it was killer. Then then in 2013, you rejoined. For the Fallen Dreams. Yep. Well, it was it was in 2012 that we officially, oh, you know, kind of got it all rock and rolling. But the first tour back and everything that we announced was in 2013. Yeah. Was it a feeling of giving it another go? Why suddenly, after all that time away, go back? Were you worried? Um, we. No, I mean, I, I, we had always had. Um, you know, I felt like it was always kind of short lived, and, and we were definitely. For the phone dreams and me, we're we're definitely going to do another record. It was always 
we always knew it was going to happen. I mean, I mean, I had been with the band for so long. I was still touring. We were both doing, you know, both bands were, were, you know, flip flopping on tours together. And we, we even did a few tours, um, support tours together. And so it was inevitably going to happen at, at one point or another anyway. So, um, one day, uh, Ryan Nelson was the, the band's manager at the time. And he was also the manager of legend. So it was, it was you know, we, it was the same evil. He would hit me up and like, Hey man, so what do you think about going back to the band? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just not really there yet. And all the guys are busy and we'll see what happens with, uh, their touring schedule. Cause at the time Dylan was still, um, in the band, but they were just, they were having a lot of trouble at the time, uh, just keeping members and I think not trying to strangle each other on the road. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was going to happen. And, um, finally dog came to me. Well, Ryan, he was like, Hey man, so what do you think? You know, Dylan's leaving the band. And I was like, well, shit, well, let's try, uh, let's try doing another record, man. Let's see what happens. You know, we'll, uh, have some fun and record something cool. And Jim already had sent me a bunch of songs at the time. So we kind of just jumped right into it and it was, uh, turned out cool, man. We did heavy hearts. That was the first record back and the single, uh, substance we released before that. So it was, uh, it was cool. I'm glad we got to, to come together as when, it, when the time was right. And that album popped you guys straight back into the attention of everyone. And then the recent album, Six, took four years to appear. Four years. A long time. And was, I mean, I know that there were some members coming and going and <clears throat> um, obviously some headaches behind the scenes. But um, what took so long? Um, you know, uh, Brandon, you know, Brandon's our bass player. He's been with the band, uh, for a minute now. You know, obviously Jim is, was, uh, was a founding member. And then, then me, of course. So us three have, uh, has been sticking around for a while. So we had, uh, we went through a few drummers, obviously. We had Naveed, um, for a long time. Um, but that was really the only member change that we've had in the past, geez, five years. So, um, it was, just kind of taking time to, to reevaluate what was going on. Brandon had just had his first son and Jim had a baby girl on the way. So everybody was, you know, just, just doing life. I was working a ton. Um, that's just, that's where we were at. We were just doing normal, normal stuff, just having babies and working, just doing the nine to five thing. But to be on the road, you know, in your, in your mid twenties all the time, doing the whole grind again was something that we just weren't able to do. So we took some time off to kind of, just settle, do some things, have some fun, you know, not be on the road, be able to enjoy family and friends and all that good stuff. So, um, we started writing in between, you know, the, the record was on hold for almost two years. We, we finished recording that record, um, in 2015, oh, wow. the end of 2015. So it was, it's, we sat on it for almost two years. It was insane. Um, so those songs really haven't been touched much, um, since then. I think it, they turned out great. Does um, it feel great to finally have that? it out? Oh it, yeah, man. It, it was. It was. It's hard sitting on a record for that long. You know, to have something you want to release and have people saying, you know, are you guys done? Is the band over with? This, that, and the other. You know, to be sitting on music and constantly having to reassure fans, oh, we still got stuff going on, and I'll just, you know, a few more months, a few more months, and the release date would get pushed back, and then something else would happen. We change a mix or we change something else. So it was really frustrating. You know, um, I'm glad I finally got a chance to come out. Uh, it's, it's, it's been sitting around for a while. So it was definitely cool to, 
to see the response too from people. Everyone was really cool, inviting with the the new style we tried and uh, what we were doing. So, were you were you worried about having spent so time so much time away that in the current climate that you'll maybe a bit hesitant that people would still care and you'd be relevant? You know, with with music, man, especially now. It's it's so hard to stay to stay relevant. It's it's you constantly have to be pushing out, you know, new content, and it's not just albums. You know, it, it, people forget about you in, in six months if you don't release a song, or you don't release a picture or content or whatever it may be or a tour. There's so many bands now, so this this type of music is so oversaturated in a sense. I mean, I remember you know when we first started out years and years ago it would take a long time to get to where a lot of these bands that are just coming up are getting, it would take years and years and years of touring and doing the whole, you know, political end of it and kissing ass and doing this and that. And take a long time to get to where a lot of these bands, they release a song or a single and they get picked up by a label and they're on a fucking, you know, 3000 cap tour on their first run. I mean, that's not something that's out of the normal today. It's very, it's, it's just that's just what happens all the time now every every band you see so you're always going to wonder if, if you're relevant or people still give a shit especially for a band like for the fallen dreams you know we've been doing this over a decade and uh you know we've had people come and go we've had fans completely miss releases i've seen kids posting about when they hurt sick so like i didn't even know you guys released a cd before this i didn't know you guys released heavy hearts wow so it's, it's it's weird you know the internet makes music really fucking weird and uh touring is is definitely definitely more cutthroat now than it ever has been so um luckily for us the fans that we've had over the years have always been killer it's always been real people you know it's it's, it's very seldom where it's just people who uh drop off you know i feel like we put out enough quality content that that people stick around you know and a lot of people have been with us for a long time that's the cool part about being a band that's um been around as long as we have is is people appreciate you know not to say the ogs but they they do they appreciate bands who have stuck it out and been around are still releasing music still touring and still keeping up with a lot of these younger guys so the fans have always been killer and um i don't think uh as relevant as we could have been at times but you know it's just it's all part of the game and uh to be releasing a sixth record and still, you know, being able to talk to somebody like you in Australia across the world that gives a shit is, is cool. So I feel like it was definitely worth the wait. Um, so now we'll see what the next step is. Well, I think one of the reasons you guys, even now after four years waiting, I think fans like myself and friends of mine that are into the stuff that you guys do is we know that there's no bullshit, it's no gimmicks, and it's honest, raw music. Do you think that's something you guys have always been able to tip your hat at? Without a doubt, man. Like I said, you know, uh, just with the fans kind of recognizing uh, what a hardworking band we are. And I, and I, you know, I can stand by that. You know, we've, we've busted our asses for a long time. And, and that kind of thing doesn't go unnoticed, you know. So uh, I definitely uh, appreciate everyone that's stuck around. It's, uh, it's definitely a cool thing to be a part of. Now, speaking of um, how you're saying... You know, life's become more important, like it always does when you reach your late twenties and early thirties. What's right. what's the future of this year for For the Fallen Dreams? 
Uh, you know, we're not really sure yet. We have, um, we've been talking about planning out our, uh, changes 10 year tour. I think that's something we're, we're definitely gonna, gonna do for everybody. We get a lot of requests from, from everybody all over the place. Like, please do a 10 year tour. So that's something, you know, it's, uh, it's like a, it's like a birthday, man. You get to celebrate something like that and celebrate with all the fans that have stuck around to do a 10 year tour would be killer. So that's really where our heads are at right now. We've, uh, you know, we've had a few submissions for support tours, uh, for six. And, um, we're just still weighing our options, seeing what we're going to do for the rest of the year. But as for now, uh, what's what we're focusing on is, is getting that, that 10 year tour rocking and rolling. Hopefully we can do a, a run in overseas or in the States for six, but, uh, we'll see what, uh, happens with support tours going out and headlining. Um, you know, and that's, and that's what we just did for our, see the release shows you know there wasn't any tours up to bat for us at the time and as frustrating as that can be uh we kind of just like well you know let's at least have a couple cd release shows and we can uh you know have some fun i mean that's, that's the whole reason releasing records is to have fun and we're able to do it so we um did a couple cd release shows nothing too crazy and uh just gonna see what happens with the rest of the year as far as support goes for six you know coming out and headlining on a on a new record is always rough you know unless um it really buzzes and, and you get where you want to be taking time away from, from work and families uh, just to be on tour for just for the hell of it is really hard. You know, it's, it's definitely hard for somebody who's uh, doing all the stuff that we're doing. So we'll see what happens with the rest of the year for support for six. But um, as for now, changes definitely the change of tenure tour is something that's up, up to bat. Well, hopefully that uh, possibly comes to Australia because last time you cool, guys man. were going to be coming out here, you, um, you unfortunately had a motorcycle accident. Yeah, yeah, it was such a bummer. It was it was such a cool tour too. I want to say it was um, the plot and you and uh, who was all who was supporting that tour? Trevor King was supporting that tour. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, that would have been a killer run, man. It was. They they told me that they didn't. Uh, I was so fresh out of the accident that they didn't think flying for that long would be a good idea because I risked um, getting blood clot in my leg. So, uh, yeah, we had to cancel that. I was bummed. I was really bummed. I still haven't been to Australia. So Yeah, we're, we're overdue. I mean, if if any of the uh, booking agents are listening, we'd love anything from you guys down here, whether it's the changes anniversary or a six tour. We'd love a little bit yeah, of man. that. Now, also... Yeah, wanted, that, would be, that would be killer. Also wanted to ask about Legend because I heard some things that DL said that the new album's in the works... It is. It's. it's uh, I actually just talked to DL last week, and we had a chit chat about um, what we're going to do next. So um, we've had. We again, uh, me and him have, have had material uh, set aside for a while now. But um, you know, DL's a perfectionist, and he's he's hands down one of the best guitar players in heavy music. So he is a perfectionist. He will go back and change things and out songs. So it's always new material all the time. So we have a few songs set aside and uh, he's always writing, you know, right now he's really busy. Uh, he's uh, just finished help writing that new on earth record. He is helping produce, uh, I believe from when he said some of the, all that remains new record. Mm. So he's killing it, man. Uh, yeah. Now, how did you guys hook up for legend? Cause he came in on the self-titled album. So how did you guys connect? Uh, we, we had always been, you know, we knew each other just mutually through through the whole band thing. 
uh, a, a buddy of mine named Dreamus, he's he's out in Massachusetts, and he said, hey, he he shot me a message and was like, hey man, uh, uh, Dan Dan wants to do some songs with you. And I was like, uh, who's Dan? He's like, Dan, you know, like uh, Case Strain, DL. I was like, oh shit, you know, I mean, I, I was a huge Case Strain fan when, when DL was writing for him, you know, Dead Walk and and Thirty Seven Fifty were, you know, it was everybody's shit back in the day. So um, I was stoked, man. I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, let's let's do something, you know. And um, we just kind of hit it off, man. DL is one of the realest dudes I know. He's uh he's a good guy. So I'm I'm super stoked about working with him again. Uh, you know, and it's not just a music thing. Like like uh, we're buddies. You know, we call him and bullshit. And uh, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to do another record uh, with him. And it's cool too because you know, Legend was something I started myself from the ground up. So to have somebody like DL come in to something I started, you know, and, and he's the golden goose, man. He, he's got, he's got the riffs and it's, it's really fucking cool to have somebody like him collaborate with you on a, on a band that you started. And now he's completely revamped, you know, legends a whole different thing now with him. So it's cool. Do you think we'll possibly hear something this year or was that more like next year? Uh, 2018 for sure. I, I can't say that it'll be a it'll be a, like a full record or anything like that. But um, we definitely already have some songs that we're that we're working on. So uh, whether it be a couple singles or an EP, um, definitely something this year though. Yeah, fuck yeah. Now only got um, yeah. really too much questions before we wrap up. One of the questions I had, um, I've I've always personally felt very. Uh, connected to your lyrics and your content. When you started, you've always been a very honest person with your lyrics. When you started writing very honest, introspective lyrics, was it a struggle for you to put that all on pen and to the public? Um, I think everybody who, you know, writes from the soul, whether it be something extremely vague or, you know, or something that they're writing strictly from their heart that they, that they feel, um, it's always weird putting yourself out there, you know, so people are listening to your stuff and, you know, they're singing back words to you that they can connect with. And that's, it's definitely a heavy thing sometimes, but, um, uh, I, I feel like that's just, that's just the way to write. You know, I mean, anybody can, can write, you know, some bullshit. Anybody can jot down a, a cool pattern and some, you know, empty lyrics, but to really send something out that people can connect with, I think is killer. I think, uh, that kind of what sets, bands like us aside from everybody else anyway or even this genre i feel like there's a lot of bands uh, in this genre who write like i do from the heart at least you know i can name a few for sure but i think that's important i think it's it makes things more personal there's a reason why bands like that usually stick around longer because people connect with them it's not just the flavor of the week it's not like oh yeah it's a, it's a hit song it's one you know one and done it's something that is real enough to where people can hold on to it for years you know nothing gives longevity of a band you know it's i connected with this band it brings back memories of nostalgia of i remember in high school man you know i was i was going through this or i was going through that and i listened to this song and every time i hear that song now it reminds me of this and i think that's a that's killer man that's 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 the best part about doing music is being able to do stuff like that does that then make it are you able to then go back and listen to your back catalog like or is it difficult at times to go back and go i remember what i was going through at that stage um, it's never difficult. You know, that's, that's the whole fun of it is being able to go back and be like, you know, this was like, I remember when I wrote this song, this was happening or, you know, when I wrote that, I remember listening to heavy hearts the other day and 
um, the song Lights on there is about my buddy David who passed away. And it was, it was crazy because I remember exactly where I was at when I wrote that song, you know. And I think it's the same way when people hear the, hear the, something that they connect with. Like I said, they, uh, they uh, go back in time, you know, to when they were feeling the same way or went through the same shit or listened to that song and where it brought them back to. So it's very cool, man. Now, the last question before I do my last segment, just want to ask, do you have any wisdom or um, kind of words to inspire anyone out there that's maybe starting a new band or going through the struggle of trying to get started with music? Is there anything you could, if you could look back and say, this is what I needed to be told, you'd say it to someone? Always be you, man. You know, it's one of those things, uh, nobody can be you but you. So uh, I've found that out just through, you know, the records that I've done, how long I've been doing this, to be able now to where I write just because I want to write what I like. If people can connect with it, that's awesome. But you should always make yourself happy first. Following those trends and, you know, doing what's cool or hip at the time or whatever's, you know, the newest trend is, is always short-lived. I, I feel like music should always come from your soul. It should never be about a, a popularity contest. It should never be about anything but getting out how you feel. So I think that's something that's always important to stay true to yourself and, and who you, man. Nobody can be you but you. So oh, yes, that's what I got. Now, last thing I do is a segment called Pick Your Poison. So it's basically a would you rather so you get two options and you pick the one you'd pick out of both of those okay okay so this is just we'll get to know a bit of chad personally would you go pizza <laughs> would you go pizza or burger say that again pizza or burger oh burger all day man okay chicken or beef burger all day beef oh Beach or snow? It's a hard one. I'm going to go with beach. I'm, I'm from the north, man. I'm used to the snow, but I've been stuck in the snow now for the past, like, four months, so I'm, I'm feeling beach. <laughs> Cat or dog? Dogs all day. Yeah. Um, Pantera or Slayer? <laughs> I don't like either of those bands, as weird as that is. I'm going to go Pantera, though, man. Okay. Terminator or Predator? Predator, man. If, if, I'll even give you insight on Predator. I have an insane Predator collection. Insane. I have like uh, 60, 60 figures, like 300 comic books, tons of novelty stuff, masks, everything. It's weird. It's my, it's my go-to Predator. Fuck. So is that, then the next one is Arnie or Sly? Uh, Arnie, though, man. Uh, I'm a big Sly fan, though, too. That's hard. Only a couple left. Cinema or on the couch? Couch. Nice. Uh, Baseball or NFL? Uh, Both are extremely boring, but I'm going to go with baseball. (laughs) Refreshing to hear. I'm a a basketball guy. Who do you follow? Oh, everybody, man. I'm, I'm big into uh, OKC, uh, Boston, Westbrook, and OKC is my team, though. Oh, nice. Um, two left, CD or streaming? CD. Nice. I got to say that. I can't say streaming. Oh, I love CDs as well. <laughs> and the last one is touring <laughs> or recording? 
recording. I love recording. Yeah, sick. Thank you so much, Chad. Really appreciate it. For everyone listening out there, the new album is called Six by For the Fallen Dreams. All their back catalogue is, of course, online. You can get it in stores as well in Australia at JB Hi-Fi. Um, also, Legend is online. Um, if you want the physicals of those, you do have to go online to things like eBay. Thank you, Chad. Really, really appreciate it. Massive thank you, dude. Hey. Uh, no problem, Jeremy. I appreciate it, man. Good talk. So that was my chat with Chad of For the Fallen Dreams and Legend. Thank you so much, Chad. Means the world to me. Means the world to the show. You took time out of your day. You took time out of your busy schedule. And I cannot say thank you enough. Absolutely stoked to be able to say I've had Chad on the show. We are done and dusted for this week. That is episode 10, volume 10, week 10, number 10. All done, wrapped, put in the books, fucking lock it away. We've got another big show coming up next week. We've got another stellar chat. I had a lot of fun again this week getting this episode put together. I hope you had fun listening to it. Don't forget, like and follow our social medias at The Mosh Zone. Don't forget, subscribe to our website, www.themoshzone.com. Don't forget, send us an email, themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch. Let's grow this show. Let's grow this community. And if you enjoyed this show, please help us out and share it on your Facebook or your Instagram or your Twitter. Help us get more listeners. Help this show grow. Thank you for listening. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Have a safe week. Open the bridge.